0: Welcome to the Market Access Matters podcast. This is a podcast for people in market access by people in market access. I'm Louise Bennett, Head of Marketing at Access Infinity, and I'm your host for this series. In our first ever podcast series, we are shining a spotlight on women leaders in market access, looking at their professional and personal journeys what's attracted them to the industry, and what's next to help us all discover more about the people within this ever-changing community. Today, I'm speaking with Anna Platter. Anna specialises in strategic pricing and market access to support pharmaceutical life cycles. She's currently at AstraZeneca, but has spent the last decade working across both industry and consulting for businesses such as UCB, Novartis, and IMS Consulting. Anna also has a wealth of experience in building and managing large teams, and we talk about why that's so important to her and her approach as part of this discussion. So, here's the episode. Hi Anna, welcome to the podcast, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Louise, thank you for having me.
0: So, we initially spoke a few weeks ago, so I'm really looking forward to our audience hearing your story. Can you start at the beginning of your career with what you studied and when you graduated?
1: Sure, and I I think I have a very uh, unconventional background for market access. I actually studied aeronautical engineering uh, in the University of Madrid. Uh, So plain design, I spent there five years, uh, didn't like it at all, you know, I have most of my friends work for Airbus, and it was just so technical, and it was just not for me. So I was lucky enough to get a a fellowship to come to the UK to Imperial College to do a PhD in bioengineering. So I returned as a bioengineer, and I absolutely loved it, right, it was an opportunity to work. Uh, very cross-disciplinary with biologists, with physicists, with uh, doctors in the hospital. So I thought, yes, this is the area where I want to be working on. So after my PhD, I did a couple of postdocs in academia, decided that actually I was ready for something a bit more commercial. And a few people advised, uh, you know, consulting is always a good training school to get into that more commercial side of the business. So I joined IMS, which is now Equivia. I was with them for uh, a bit over three years in the London and San Francisco offices, and you know when I was in IMS, I would say 80% of my time was on um, price and market access projects, and I absolutely loved it. I felt that you know these were really we can have a, a major impact inside the organization, a major impact uh, for patients, and that's something that I wanted to pursue further. One of my clients, Novartis, uh, invited me to, to join them. So I was, again, very lucky to have the opportunity to um, move to Switzerland and be with Novartis for a few years, mainly uh, in the market access launch of Enchesto for Heart Failure. It was an amazing learning experience. I I met amazing people that have stayed with me you know, for many, many years. Um, then for personal reasons, uh, I had to move back to the UK. You know, I was pregnant with my first child, you know, my partner is from the UK. So I relocated to the UK and then a company called UCV, based in Belgium uh, came my way and they gave me the opportunity to formally lead a team for the first time. So I was the access head for the early portfolio, much more around evidence. the uh, generation and portfolio management and so on again great opportunity I I really enjoyed my time there and then you know over time I I transitioned into the global present head for the company which was another amazing position I learned a lot and then you know again AstraZeneca gave me a call sometimes you know it has been a bit of a journey it's not not so much that I designed it but some things have have happened Uh, I was very happy in UCB not looking for a job but AstraZeneca called me um They have an amazing pipeline. We have an amazing pipeline. And uh, obviously, you know, uh, it was a UK-based company, so I thought it makes sense. So I've been with them for the last uh, 18 months as Global Pricing Head.
0: Well, like you say, it has been a journey, and it's really great to hear about your journey. So thank you so much for sharing. When we spoke to tee up the podcast episode, your passion for people development and building and leading teams really struck me. So... I really wanted to dig into that a bit more now. What's your approach to leadership and what is it that you enjoy about building and managing teams?
1: Yeah. So I always think, you know, in, in these leadership positions, uh, my main responsibility is with the team, right? I feel that like if the team shines, I shine, right? So if the team goes on to do amazing things in the company, that is credit to, you know, what we're doing in the team. So I, I take that part of the job very, very seriously as something that I have enjoyed doing. Even, even, you know, from IMS, it was no formal, you know, reporting lines or things like that, but you're still coaching these younger analysts coming straight from uni. I find it very rewarding, right? To see how people grow within the team, how, you know, they, they develop under your watch, right? How they, you know, get on to do very interesting things in the company or in in you know within industry. Uh, my approach is, is just to try to to help, right? So most often I ask the question of how can I help you, right? And, and typically people give me the answers. And I think it's just providing the right environment and the right resources for people to be able to own their own development and to grow accordingly.
0: Absolutely. And I'm interested to hear from market access leaders on what makes it a rewarding industry to work in. Why in your view does market access as a function provide a rewarding career
1: I I honestly think that we are the function that has one of the greatest impact on the you know industry right in in, in we ensure that our patients uh, effectively have access to the drugs that we are producing right so i think for many years before market access became Such a structured department, the main goal was that regulatory approval, right? So everyone was working to get the EMA approval, the FDA approval. I think the last 10 years, that has changed a lot. And uh, obviously, you know, we need to work with the regulators. But the second hurdle that is that market access hurdle, make sure that, you know, we are collecting evidence that is meaningful for payers, make sure that we are pricing our medicine in a way that, you know, is sustainable for healthcare system for the industry is becoming increasingly important. So I think, again, for me, I see the impact that we have on patients on a daily basis. And I think that's very, very special. If you ask me about the future, I, I truly believe that the the mark you know the the pharma leader of the future is a person with a market access background, and we're seeing that especially you know uh, rare disease companies again they don't have that you know bigger uh, commercial field uh, forces anymore. It's just an access field force, right? It's just make sure that you know the patients have access to our products. So again, I I you know I I have the. The pleasure right to see you know the impact that we create on a daily basis you know with all decisions that we do uh, every single day
0: yeah that's really interesting and have you had to overcome any barriers or obstacles as part of your career journey i think you know one that
1: as we are technical function, right? So I think market access fundamentally, if you ask some of the commercial marketing guys, they will say that we're very nerdy and very, you know, health economics driven and so on, uh, which partially is true. Um, so I think one of the key barriers is to uh, ensure that the wider organization understands what we're saying and understands the impact of what we're saying, right? And it can be at any point of the life cycle, right? You, you know, I have teams that are working on, on the early portfolio. You know, you really try to shape uh, evidence generation uh, uh, plan and changing the clinical trials to ensure that then, again, you're going to get that reimbursement. And, you know, I think translating, you know, that technical knowledge that we have into a conversation with the R&D guys, with the commercial guys, I, I think that's a key barrier for us as a function still, right, to, to, to make sure, again, that we can explain um, in the appropriate way uh, you know, the reasons, the impact, you know, the suggestions that we bring to the table have.
0: And how do you personally go about overcoming that as a barrier?
1: I think here also for transparency, right? This is my personal... Um, take on this right I think we also have to pick our battles right sometimes you know there is a lot of you know nice to have especially when it comes to clinical trial designs and you know we you know and we have a lot of requirements and they end up with very long questionnaires and so I think also you know we also have to reflect and say okay what really is critical here we need to get absolutely right and what okay you know, it's no ideal, but I fundamentally can solve for this uh, later on, or, or there is something that I can do real well evidence in the future or something like that, right? So, uh, and the same for other parts of the portfolio, right? So, you know, not only the early evidence generation, but the, you know, day-to-day launch decisions. I think focusing on, you know, what are the one, two key messages that I want to come across that are really going to move the needle, as opposed to these 15 things that I want to explain to my commercial guys that they may care or not care about. I think that's something that we, I think, again, obviously some people are very good at it, but as a function in general, maybe we need to start working a bit more, right?
0: I think that's really good advice. And I think, to be honest with you, people who don't work in market access could learn a lot from that advice. So just thinking back to your career journey, which I know you're very passionate about, have you had any mentors you don't necessarily need to name them but people that have inspired or encouraged you and people that you've learned from along the way
1: i think i have been really lucky on that aspect and i have come across amazing people and again i I retain contact with with most of them right and i think you learn Uh, different things from different people. I will mention a few people. I hope they're okay. Yeah, but I think, you know, one of my first um, managers in industry is uh, Abul Basar Bas. Uh, I think one of the greatest managers I ever had. I learned from him a lot about building teams, you know what I mean? Uh, Putting all this years of the puzzle, you know, from people that you will think, do they really fit together? We're very different. And somehow you end up with this very wallet machine. So I think he has a very, you know, a great talent for that kind of team assembly. And and he, again, I think he took a risk with me and I would always be grateful for him. Um, again, I think I have, I think from all my managers, I have to say, I have learned uh, a great deal. They have been great sponsors of myself. They have always encouraged me to uh, pursue, you know, uh, what I wanted to do next. Extremely, extremely supportive. On the women's side, again, I've been very, very lucky to have very strong female leaders that also have helped me balance, you know, work life (laughs) at different stages of the the journey. Um, So I I think reflecting on on that question, uh, Luis, I would encourage people to look for those mentors, right? I think we, a lot of us, you know, always happy to uh, reciprocate the coaching that we have received in early stages of our career or still now. So don't be afraid to, uh, again, reach out you know to people that maybe are a couple of steps ahead of you for for support, for help, for guidance. It's something that I, I have had the chance and the, again the luck to have and I, it's incredibly valuable and powerful.
0: Yeah, and it seems to be a common theme that's coming through from other guests that we've had on the podcast that the industry does seem to be very receptive to mentoring, which is really great to hear. What do you see in terms of the talent that's coming through? Do you think that there's more that can be done to encourage the next generation into a career in market access or science or pharma or is there not so much of a a challenge there in terms of attracting the best talent to the industry? Yeah
1: so I think again, when, when I looked, you know, back uh, 10 years, right, um, I think there were fairly less schools and programs that were specific on market access and health economics. So I think we're getting an amazing generation of graduates that are very, very well trained, right? Again, I come, like, when I joined my market, market access, I didn't have any background on market access, right? So I had to learn on the job. I think what I see now is the, the new generation is coming with a great academic formation. So I think, again, going back to the question about you know, some of the challenges for market access and being a bit more aware of this cross-functional collaboration. uh, I think maybe early on in in some of these market access programs, you know, also make sure that people are exposed to the wider, um, you know, pharma, commercial model, R&D, medical, commercial, marketing. So they have more a 360 view. Um, But again, it's just more of a, 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 you know, a wish list, because fundamentally I feel we're getting a, a very well trained uh, next generation, a, a great talent pool. The other thing, Luis, you know, going back as well to the mentors, um, it's a very small world. I mean, in market access, yeah. we all know each other. So I think from that point also, it's is great because there is a lot of uh, talent rotation. And again, you know, I, I sometimes... Uh, always get calls or have this person that wants to move that you have something. So again, just to encourage those connections because I think they they pay off in an industry that from a functional point of view is very small. So please do reach out to people, please connect, please network. Uh, But again, I think think, think we're getting a really great uh, next generation, Luis.
0: Okay, that's really great to hear. So could you perhaps give some context into what daily life looks like for you? I can't imagine that it's a role where every day looks the same but what are your priorities?
1: Yeah so no I, <laughs> I think Luis, again to your point every day looks completely different and unfortunately at the moment I'm doing pricing so it's not that I can't even plan that well <laughs> what the <laughs> day looks like so uh, I think on a normal day there will be at least you know five six countries that we talk to about a particular you know launch or indication expansion or loss of exclusivity problem they're facing. Uh, in the meantime again I, I will try to catch up with the team you know make sure they're doing okay Uh, typically there will be also some discussions on a strategy we have a new product being launched what the pricing policy should look like uh occasionally there will be some discussions more on corporate pricing you know the the, the pricing strategy for the company um health equity you know some of the FIA pricing working groups so it really it really really varies I think also as a market access function, you know, we we sit at the middle of of many many things. In particular, what I'm doing at the moment in pricing, so uh, I I talk a lot with global, I talk a lot to the regions, I talk a lot to, a lot to the marketing companies. So uh, it's a very nice uh, place to be in in sense of the you know constant um, brainstorming and constant trying to help out and trying to uh, optimize things for for patients. So again, no no one single day looks the same to me, but it's really. Uh, a very changing uh, routine,
0: and if you could go back in time to the earlier stages of your career, what advice would you give to yourself?
1: That, that's a that's a very good question, Luis And I think probably um, about feeling very free to explore things, right? So I think you cannot join the dots at the beginning of your career. Right. So uh, sometimes you, some, you, you know, you're in consulting and you're giving a project, and maybe it's not the one that you wanted. You know what I mean? Or you spent a few months doing something that maybe was not exactly what you had planned, and that would always, I would feel, oh, am I wasting my time? And actually, looking back, a lot of those experiences that were maybe outside the straight line path, if you wish, have been very enriching. Right. And again, I think some of the people that I have found on those. Um, side, you know, projects, side, you know, deviations from the straight path um, have really helped in, in, you know, uh, other stages of, of my career. So I think, again, that opportunity to to explore, to not focus on what's the typical path, you know what I mean, not following that straight line to wherever you want to go, um, that's something that used to create a bit of angst in me. And actually looking back is something that has been incredibly rewarding. So again, Don't try to connect the dog too early on. That will come later. And, and, you know, if you feel like exploring something in the moment, I think follow your gut instinct and maybe that's the right thing to do.
0: I think that's really amazing advice. So just one final question to finish things off. What does the future look like for you, for market access? What changes do you anticipate? Yeah,
1: so I am very passionate about uh, access to medicine in emerging markets. Uh, so I, I always try to do a, a bit of work there as part of my my daily work. I think again, two things will I think I'm, I think as a function and personally I'm hoping that will be part of the change is I think we'll see a, a change on 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 geography um, distribution to an extent and where we spend our time and I think you know uh, there is a lot of these emerging markets that they are now fertile ground for pharma and they're about you know they're, they're reaching that point of universal care and. Uh, we'll see much more emphasis there. So again, I'm looking forward to hopefully contributing and, and helping advance, you know what I mean, access to, to medicine in certain uh, parts of the world. And the second thing, as I mentioned, I think the if you look at pharma, I think probably market access, is one of the departments that have grown the most and only number by importance within companies in the last 10 years. And I think that trend will continue. I think we're seeing, for example, now, uh, after the pandemic, you know, the governments are, you know, have very constrained budgets, very constrained resources, and that's what we, you know, come here to to help. I think also technology will will help us, you know, set up new type of agreements with the pages, you know, much more based on value, outcome-based, and so on. So I think we're, again, at the, at the risk of a bit of a revolution in, in many, many different angles, and I think, you know, that will further elevate the importance of market access within organizations.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Anna. It's been great to have a conversation with you today. I really feel that this has been an inspiring conversation for me and particularly your attitude towards coaching people and people growth. I think it's excellent. So it's been a delight to connect with you.
1: Perfect. No, thank you, Ruiz, for having me. And again, the only piece of advice that I would have for anyone that is listening to this is to connect. I think we are all... A very nice group of individuals you know what i mean so always feel free to to raise your hand and reach out to the person that you think can help you in your career uh most often than not you will get a yes i can help so make use of that
0: great thanks thank you luis bye this podcast has been brought to you by access infinity we are a team of market access and pricing specialists with a purpose to help pharma companies tackle their challenges head-on through a combination of technology and consultancy services our core solutions are access hub neuro and evidence library which you can find out about at access-infinity.com thanks for listening until next time have a great day and goodbye